Hello and welcome to the Sauk Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sauk Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sauk Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Alan Perzuka, who serves as the president of the Twin Cities Sunrise Rotary, among other things. Alan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, can you just give us a quick snapshot? I know there's lots of things that you're involved in, but give us a, a quick little thumbnail sketch of Alan. Who are you? Who do you love? Start us off. Sure. So I'm Alan Perzuka, president of Twin City Sunrise Rotary, like you said. I am married to my wife, Kim. Uh, we've been married this year in October. It'll be 24 years. Wow, congrats. Thank you. Um, I have a 22-year-old son, Ethan, who is a full-time worker over at, at Halo. Mm. And I have a daughter named Caitlin. She's 16. She's a sophomore over at Sterling High School. Mm, okay. So you've been uh, in this area for how long? I've been in this area for 37 years. Okay, wow. Yeah, I graduated from Dixon in 1995, moved here in 1985. Uh, so, I, I mean, I would say I'm more of a, a local. Sock Valley yep, local. Yep, Sock Valley local. <laughs> and that same for your wife as well? She's been here since 1988, but she, okay. she graduated from Rock Falls in 1996. So you guys have been here, invested, uh, raised a family here, started a family here, raised a family here. Um, and that has kind of led you to multiple different things. Um, tell me a little bit of the journey. What What is the story of Alan or the story of the Perzucas that has kind of from being a local, graduating here, establishing yourself, you know, through kind of your employment journey and then to where you are now kind of engaged in these civic groups. Sure. So pretty much started in college. I was president of student government mm. and have always wanted to be just involved. And I always find myself not just involved, but I also kind of rise to be in some part of the leadership. Sure. Uh, so I started my first year as a senator, then vice president. And the following year I ran for president mm. and, and was president that way. It's actually how I met Kim. I recruited her for student government. And didn't with, realize with no ulterior motives, I'm sure. No, right. I and didn't realize I was recruiting a wife. She yeah. was the only person I recruited that year. Wow. And so uh, we we got pretty involved at the school, and we had a just different things that we did throughout the school to just help promote the school. Hmm. I also was a student ambassador for SOC. So I from the get from from the jump, I was always involved. Yeah. Um, as I got married and had our kids, I was involved with coaching. Uh, every sport that Ethan ever did, I pretty much coached until we got to a certain level. Let the professionals. Right. Let the people who actually know strategy and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. At that point, that's when I got a little bit more involved. Uh, about seven years ago, I joined Rotary and I was just looking for something to do. Mm. I, I needed... I needed a place, not necessarily to belong, but to be able to give back. I think it's very important to give back to the community. Yeah, uh, You get out of your community what you put into it. Mm. And Rotary has has a motto. Every Rotarian knows it. Service above self. I strongly believe in that. I, I, I think it's so important to give back to the community where you live. And so my first year, Michael Clark, who mm. you obviously know, is the one who recruited me into our club. And a month in, he's like, you know, I need a vice president. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know what? I can I can help you out with that. Not realizing that the vice president automatically turns into the president oh. the next year. So not even a year in, I'm president. Yeah. After that, I 
I was president for three straight years Mm -hmm. and then took a two year break and then I'm president again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy being president. It's, it's a great experience. I love just what we do with it. It might not be the necessarily the healthiest for any, any civic organization organization to have a president for that long, but you know, we've done a lot of great things. Yep. Uh, we do a lot with, I, I firmly believe in in the education mm, um, mm. Uh, with the school districts. So a lot of our grant projects that we do locally uh, that I have led mm. have been more geared towards school. Um, my first year, we were able to start a set the, or restart the second grade summer reading program. Okay, yeah. Which Sterling already had a K and first grade program, but nothing after that. So we started that, and since then we we supply money to so they're able to get more books. So it's a, st- a sustained project, right? Right, not just one off. Right, exactly. And uh, we also were able to get Chromebooks for all the students at the Center for Change School wow. over in Rock Falls. That's the um, I, I don't want to say the uh, it's like the alternative school, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were they they had poor technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they needed to catch up. Yes. Mm. And so like with Sterling High School, each junior high kid has an iPad, each high school student has a MacBook. There's no reason they can't have similar similar yeah. technology. So we were able to co- to do a uh, collaboration between our club and four other clubs mm. and we raised enough money to buy a Chromebook for every student. Wow. So we're really proud of of that. Um we also have scholarships that we do through Whiteside Area Career Center. We were over at Rock Falls High School. COVID kind of put a squash to that. That was sure. a Strive program, sure. which it was like a mentor program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope, hopefully, we can get that back going. But you know, COVID just kind of ruined everything else. Well, and, and it might also be sometimes these things transition, transform. You know, with with WAC being in the area, that can also sometimes kind of bring. Under its under that umbrella, some of the same sorts of needs and stuff like that. What is it that that caused you to be so passionate about education as a as a as a point of focus? Was that a thing that was in either the Twin Cities Sunrise Rotary or just in in that kind of ilk before, or is that something that you've kind of brought because of your personal passion? So a lot of people don't realize this. I actually went to school to be a teacher. Really? Yes. And so I, I was a history major. Uh, and I was going to get my certificate in secondary ed and phys ed. And then I met Kim and decided it was more important to get married. Mm. And when you're 22 years old and you get married, well, you've got to get a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And so we were in the middle of school and I just started working full-time to support the family. And Kim went to nursing school and I just, I tried to go back in 2008 Mm. or 2006 or something like that. And at that point, we had just had Caitlin, and it just it, it just wasn't in the cards. So, right. uh, I've always been passionate about schooling. My my mother worked at Challenge. Oh yeah. Um, she was in the bi- she was a bilingual aide. Um, so, I've I've just always wanted to be involved with with children, whether it be with coaching or teaching. And so that's what led me to run for school board mm-hmm. was um, to be involved with. With, with the schools, um, unfortunately, we didn't win, but that's okay. Uh, which 
that now has led me to forming the youth committee with yeah. uh, Angie Schneider over at the right. township. Yeah, I've heard about this, the, uh, this new committee for uh, kind of young families, right? P- people that have children in the school system, but this is a brand new kind of uh, focus group slash committee kind of thing. Talk, talk a little bit about this. It's a new venture. It's brand new. We're still in the planning stages. Our goal is, let me take a step back. Prince Down in Princeton, they have a facility that is privately owned and they cater to junior high kids and high school kids because mm-hmm. it's not just the problem around here. It's a common problem everywhere. There's just not a lot of things for kids to do. Sure. Uh, specifically, probably more for the junior high kids. Yeah. And so what they do down there is it's a safe place that they have. They've got this really neat app that the kids check in when they check in, the parents get a text message that they've checked in when the kids check out, the parents get a text message that they've checked out. There's cameras, there's supervision. Um, It's a place for entertainment, but it's also a place where they can get tutoring Mm. or so it's not just entertainment. It's also education as well. Yeah. That's kind of what we're trying to, get going here is with the new building that the township has. Mm -hmm. um, The goal is to have something very similar to that uh, for, for the kids here in Sterling. Yeah. Now they do it. I I believe they do it on Tuesday nights for junior high kids and then Friday nights for high school. This is down in Princeton. This is in Princeton. Um, I don't know if we're going to model it, around that um sometimes it's not a good idea to put the junior high kids with the high school kids yes yeah uh but maybe have the junior high kids after school sure and up to a certain time and then have the high school kids after that or just split it up on the nights again we're just in the in the planning stages so what was kind of the chicken and the egg of this idea is it seeing something that princeton was doing saying hey we should do that here um or was it uh finding the need that we have in this community and then going and looking for what other people have done. I think it was really more finding a need. Yeah. Um, the idea of the, of the uh, facility in, in Princeton, my, my coworker actually has a son that goes to that facility. And wow. so that's how I learned about it. And I was just like, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah. being that Caitlin's at, you know, 16 year old sophomore, she comes home, sits in a room and yeah. plays on her phone. Right. And I mean, well, and, and, and how many, how many students do that? And, you know, y- your daughter's older now, but there's 11 year olds, 12 year olds that get off school, walk home, hang out until their parents get off work. Right. And it's just one of those things where it's not only is there loneliness involved in there, there's a lack of supervision. There's a lack of mentorship that could be happening at that point, you know, things like that. And so that, that is a, a need that I've heard from multiple people in this area is um, after school uh, investment in our kids. Right. Exactly. And the one thing we don't want to do, the Y's got a great program mm-hmm. and the part, I believe it's the part. Actually, I think it's the Y who does the after school program in the schools. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, we don't want to infringe on that. Um, this is just in addition to. Sure. And so how it all kind of came along is right after the election, of course, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm, I'm not done with education. Yeah. I, I want to be involved some way. Yep. And so Angie happens to be in my Rotary Club. Mm. And she came to me saying, hey, what do you think about forming a youth committee? Mm. At the same time where I was going to her, I'm not done with education. What yeah. can we do for the youth? I want to I wanna, uh, take a tangent here. The, the sense that uh, 
not not uh, winning the election for school board this this most recent season, instead of letting that be a hard stop, it was a pivot for you. How long has that is that something you come by naturally? The the roll the punches type of attitude is that something you've had your whole life? Um, it's probably more prevalent now later on in life. Mm. I. This is going to sound very conceited, and I'm really not trying to do that, but I'm not accustomed to getting the position that I want, or I I haven't necessarily ran for public election, Mm. but I've... I've always just kind of, like I said, gone to the leadership. You've been a natural leader and yes. that has naturally put you in positions before. Correct. Got it. And so this was my second election. My first election, I lost by 15 votes. This election, I lost by 19 votes. Obviously, nobody jumps into an election to lose. Yeah. I take hard, I take losing hard, just like yeah, anybody else. Sure. Um, I just kind of use that as an opportunity, though, you know, may... Kim and I look at it as, you know, God's got a different plan for you. He obviously mm. does not want you on the school board. Mm. He's got a different plan for you. We need to figure out what that plan is. Mm. And so my plan to that is I, I've always wanted to be involved in, at some type of government, whether it's the school board, whether it's the city. Um, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a senator uh, for okay, a U.S. So, senator. So I was going to ask how far back that goes. You say as a kid, like what 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 first gave you the idea to be involved in government as a kid? You know, I I don't know what it was. I've always just I've always been attracted to history. I've always been attracted to, to government. Mm. Uh, it, it just fascinates me. Um, the the action of the of running for an elected position is. To me, that's really, really exciting. Hmm. And the process of it is great. Now, you get into, say, national politics. I'm not trying to get national here, but, you know, I don't know if I would would want to do that at this point. It's just a mess. But you can make a very big impact locally Mm. by at at least taking the first step and saying, you know what, I want to run for this position. Sure. It just so happens for the school board including myself, there are three, three great candidates, the two that won, they're going to be great board members. I will right. never say anything negative about either one of those yeah. two. Yeah. Um, the board's in a great position. They, I want to just be a part of that. Yeah. Um, like I said, unfortunately it just didn't work out. Now my, I tell people that just moves my life timetable up four to eight years. I have, my ambition is to either run for alderman or run for mayor. Mm. Um, not that I think, Skip did a horrible job. Actually, I think he did a great job as mayor. I I really believe in Diana. I think she's going to do a great job. Uh, and I believe in, in the new aldermen that have been elected and right. reelected. And uh, I I don't think they're doing necessarily doing a negative job. And that's not why I'm running. Right. I would I want to run because I want to be involved. I yeah. want to be part of the process. Mm-hmm. And. I you can't really complain about something that hasn't gone right in the city if you haven't put your foot forward and tried mm. to do something about it. That's just the way I feel. Yeah. Or with the schools or anything like that. Again, I, there's nothing. I, I, Sterling's great. The, the school district is great. I, I think we're in a really good position here. Right. And I just want to be able to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You you want to be involved in this thing that you love. Right. This community that you love and, and the the. 
the experiences you've had, positive experiences, increase your desire to be a part of those positive experiences for others. Negative experiences, increase your desire to be part of fixing the problem. I, I totally get that. And I think there's probably many people who would share that uh that sentiment with you, not as many people share the, the ambition or the drive to actually pursue something about it. And so even while you have been pursuing uh, different opportunities for elective office, that hasn't stopped you from being engaged in civic groups like Rotary, like other committees and stuff like that. What is it that draws you to local civic engagement groups? Well, like I said, it goes back to service above self. Mm. Um, I, I think it's important to give back. Sterling's been a great community for my family, Mm. and I'm fortunate enough that, um, I mean, are we rich or are we well off by any means? No, we're not. But you know what? We're able to to give when we can, and I think the most important thing you can give is your time. Mm. And to be able to donate your time to help hand out food at the food bank. It's a humbling experience. Wow. But you're helping out. Yeah. And, you know, there's people that just... They need a leg up. And I like to think that I'm able to help them get that leg up. Yeah. And I think it's important. I, I don't bring my kids to everything, uh, but I do bring them to when we do donations or we have done stuff at the food bank. Um, I think it's important for parents to kind of instill in their kids that it's okay to donate your time. It's okay to get involved locally. Um, it doesn't have to be handing, you know, dishing out food at, at the, uh, at the uh, homeless shelter or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It can just be a matter of going by and raking somebody's yard yeah. or, or, or something, just any way to get involved. Talk more about the phrase that, uh, the most valuable thing you can give is your time. What, why, what makes time the, in your mind, the most valuable resource to be able to share with others? Well, you know, like I said, not everybody has a ton of money. I mean, it'd be nice to write a million dollar check and say, here's a million dollars to your project. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's all well and good. And don't get me wrong. You need the money. Yeah. But to me, giving back to the community isn't just writing a check. Sure. It's being able to go out there, get things done, show people things are getting done and show them that it's possible to get them, get them done. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm just as busy as the next person, but it's a matter of finding that time to be able to give, even if it's just an hour of your day, Yeah, you know, go and, and like with the United Way right now with the field, Feed the Children program, they need people just to fill bags. Yeah. Go fill a bag for, for an hour. And that, that means more getting that done in, in quicker time to to help get that food out or yeah. you know whatever project you decide on and even if it's an hour a week i mean it, as long as you're you're giving your time uh, to me that that gives me a better sense of accomplishment than just writing a check hmm well and i wonder too uh if you would agree with this statement as you're talking i just my mind is going to the the fact of you know we, we always hear about you know uh, the time, talent, treasure is the kind of the, the alliterative things of you can share, you know, and not like you said, not everyone has uh, expendable finances. Not everyone has uh, transferable skills or talents, t- depending on the project, even, you know, but everyone does have time. Right. And uh, I've always felt that, you know, time is the one thing that you can't get back. And am I spending my time 
zoning out on my phone while my kids play on the ground, like right next to me on the floor in the living room? Or am I spending my time building those memories with them? You know, am I spending my time uh, concerned and worried about my own little bubble? Or am I spending my time uh, serving others and stuff like that? And obviously there has to be a balance, but I think it is a valuable reminder that we, we all have time and we all get to choose how to spend that time. Right. And when more of us kind of band together to spend our time serving others or serving the community, it ends up benefiting everyone. Right. You know, and so that kind of leads me to my next thought of uh, what are some of the things that you've been able to be involved in? Some of the projects, maybe you've mentioned a few already, but um, either through Rotary or through other uh, groups or opportunities, what are some projects that you, when you look back, you go, wow, I'm glad I was a part of that. So one big one, and it's not even education related, um, last year, so let me take a step back with Rotary, especially our district. I don't think every district in, in the world does this, but I know our district, they do district grants. Oh. And so what happens is as a Rotarian, you're kind of expected to donate whatever amount of money you can to, to the foundation. After three years, 48% of that money goes back to the club. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the form of district grants. And so like we'll take... Last year, for example, our our grant project was the Sweet Dreams project, which is through the YWCA. And what that does is it supplies a bed for a mother that was abu- in an abusive relationship mm. and a bed for their child or children. Um, and so we were able to partner up with, again, another uh, uh, three, three different clubs, Morrison, Rock Falls, and, and Sterling Noon. And the nice thing about the collaborations is, like last year, each club was able to donate $1,500. Wow. Well, $1,500 is great, but when you can get four clubs together, yeah. well, that money just pools yeah. and you're able to buy more beds. Wow. And it's yeah. not just beds. It's the linens. It's the pillows. And the mothers and the children, they get to keep those beds. Wow. And so... I didn't come up with the idea. I, 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 it, Kim Gaffey from Gaffey Home Nursing, mm. she's the one who came up with the idea. Actually, she, she started it all, brought it to our club, wow. and we embraced it. And we're like, well, let's get all the other clubs in, involved. And so we're lucky enough that we're able to do collaborations and just make a bigger impact with that money. But the, the bed project is, is an important one for us. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it leaves you feeling good, it, you know. Mothers and, and children are able to benefit from it. We might not be able to benefit from it, but I know I can sleep better at night knowing that a mother and child has a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm really proud about that one. The, the Chromebooks at, at the Center mm. for Change was an important one as well. Uh, this year, our grant project is we're, we're actually helping the Feed the Children program. And so we have gotten Sterling Noon and Morrison um, and we're going to donate, or I shouldn't say donate, we're going to use our grant project money to buy food for the Feed the Children program. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of all the projects yeah. we, I, I've worked on through Rotary. I mean, it, I, I honestly probably wouldn't have been a part of anything like that if it wasn't for Rotary. How is it? I, I would assume with a, a civic engagement group like Rotary, I'd assume there's 
lots of opportunities. People bring in ideas all the time. There is. How, how do you, how have you learned how to discern either on your own or with, with the group on which, which ideas are worth pursuing? So, I mean, just like any other specific organization, everybody comes to you for donations. They come to you yeah. for, for help, for different project ideas, like you said. The nice thing is, I don't have to make the decision by myself. Yeah. Every every rotary has every rotary club has a, a board. We run it through the board. Uh, now, obviously, with COVID, we weren't able to meet as often, so we we put it to the group. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where you find something that you you, you think is going to benefit the community that falls in line with what Rotary stands for, and 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 then you run with it. Yeah. Now. I'll be honest with you. We really haven't gotten a whole lot of bad ideas. Right. The the issue we run into is is money. Yeah. Limited you know. resources. Yeah. Right. And so, don't get me wrong. We want to help everybody and anybody that we can, but it, it's it's just limited, unfortunately. Yeah. And over the past few years, fortunately, we haven't been able to, or we have not been we have not had to say no to a lot of people. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, it's a good feeling to be able to help. You know, we we try to help the not profits in, in Sterling Rock Falls. That's the nice thing about being Twin City Sunrise is it's not just Sterling; it's Sterling yeah. Rock Falls. Uh, so we're able to help on both sides of the river. Um, you know, we help with Kiwanis, the coats for kids, and and I mean the caring center downtown, and mm-hmm. and the food bank, and the homeless shelter, and you know just. We, we try to help out wherever we can. Do you feel like your awareness of even these other groups, did you have this much awareness of all the different kind of support opportunities that are out there? Or is it through Rotary that you've actually had been able to make these connections and know what's going on in our area? It's definitely been through Rotary. Uh, at the start, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even, I, I didn't know Twin City Sunrise existed. Yeah. And I knew of Rotary. Um, and mm. I knew of Kiwanis in high school. I was in Key Club, and um, you know everybody knows about the Lions, and mm-hmm. uh, but I just didn't know about this particular group. I hesitated to join at first because it, it's a morning group, yeah, <laughs> and it's on my day off, and so seven o'clock in the morning on my day off didn't necessarily sound like the best idea in the world. Yeah. I couldn't be further from from the truth on that, wow. though. I tell you what, I wouldn't. I'm going to sing our group's praises. I love, just absolutely love our Rotary group. Mm. We are a fun group. Not that the other clubs are bad, but gosh, I tell you what, we know how to have fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's really hard to be very serious at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so our meetings are just, they're fun. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're very lively. We, we, have fun with each other and, you know, somebody will crack a joke towards somebody or, you know, it's just, it's not a sterile suit and tie type meeting. It's right. just, I mean, what you see with what I have on right now is what I wore to my meeting this morning. Yeah, I'm yeah, the president. Yeah. 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 So, um, but if it wasn't for Rotary and for all the listeners, um, he is wearing more than his birthday suit in case you're wondering. <laughs> no, um, but y- your point is your point is the, the casual atmosphere, but the, the heart of investment is what I'm hearing. Yes. It's people who, who aren't in it for all of the, uh, all of the niceties, all of the, 
standards and practices, all of the by the book, oh, well, we have to do this and it's got to be in this way and you've got to come in with this kind of dress code. It's, hey, we are t-shirt and jeans type of people who live here and love this area and want to give back to this area. Um, and and I, I think I think that's a, a refreshing thing to hear because, I mean, for someone who isn't in a civic engagement group, the stereotype can be, oh, how much uh, how much airs is expected, you know, of kind of putting on this persona of, you know, larger than life. That, that can be a, a, a wrong, but it's a stereotype nonetheless. And there's there's also people who would go, oh, is that just people who sit around and talk all day versus people right. who sit around to find out ways that they can take action. And, and so, I mean, it, ma- it makes me think, to, to, you know, to kind of our, our last few set of questions of like things as we look around the Sauk Valley, but from your perspective, as someone who hears needs all the time, sees needs themselves and then takes action, what, what is the Sauk Valley still missing? What, what are things that, that need to change here? Well, I mean, it goes back to the youth committee that that we're forming. Mm. You know, there's there's a definite need there for for the kids after school. Yeah. Uh, or just in general. I mean, there's not a whole lot of stuff for the kids to do, whether it be after school, on the weekend. I mean, the nice thing is we're an hour away from everything, whether it be Rockford, the Quad Cities. You can do the, all kinds of stuff in those areas, and that's yeah. great. But... The 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, they don't have a way to get there unless right. they're getting, you know, getting there with their parents. And so if you provide the, the opportunities, provide the activities that kids want to do, not mm-hmm. just provide activities, but find out what the kids want yes, and what they want to do and what's important to them, then I think that way you can get more, more tenants and and just better results yes, and give them an idea of that they're vested into it as well because somebody's listening to what they want. Yeah. And so that's kind of part of where we're, we're kind of leaning towards is through the schools, we're going to have a survey sent out in the fall. What would you like to see in this area? What would you, what activities would you like to do? Mm. Just stuff like that and get a really good sense of what the kids want I mean, obviously, we're not going to go crazy and build this multi-million dollar facility to accommodate the paintballers or a virtual reality thing or something like that. Yeah. But unless you got like a 1,500 kids that want that, you know. Right. And we don't know what the needs are until we, like you said, until you ask. Right. And yeah. I think if you involve them in the process, mm. I think that's going to, you're, you're going to get better feedback. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to get some of the some of the kids that have the smart aleck remarks. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have been one of the ki- those kids doing it. Sure. But if you if you make them feel like they're like just I, I don't want to say make them, they would be part of the process. Yes. And I think that's important. So they feel like the adults that are involved are listening to what they want and what they feel like their needs are. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And get them into that process. And then when it's, it's done, they're like, you know what? That They actually listened to me. Yeah, yeah. We, I, that's I, what I wanted. I was part of this. Right. This, this has my fingerprints over it too. Right. Not just a thing handed 
uh, on my behalf from, from other people. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. And I think, I think it's exciting to kind of hear even just the fact that some of those things are even starting up in this area. I know that, uh, there's that, that keystone group of people, um, between, you know, their twenties and thirties that are helping make decisions for, uh, the riverfront and things and to recognize that we're, we're making sure to get the voices of students as well as parents of those students kind of that we're, we're building, we're building community together for, for the future, for, for what future residents and locals will need and want and, and desire. Right. Um, then let's, let's look on the other side of the coin then, um, as you have lived and worked here in the Sauk Valley and, and spent, um, as much time here as you have, what are the things that when you look around, give you hope, what things get you excited about the Sauk Valley? You know, I actually put a lot of thought in this. What excites me about this area is the pride that everybody has in this area. Mm, yeah. Whether it be sports. I mean, I was fortunate enough, Ethan played football mm-hmm. and Sterling's known for their football program, yeah. Sterling and Sterling Newman. Um, I mean, the facilities that we have at the school, I mean, yeah. I would put those up against any other school in, in, the, in, in the state. And yeah. I've gone on record saying that. Um, we have, I, I've heard from different coaches and from our own coaches where visiting coaches come in and they're like, this is like a small college. Yeah. And, and so the kids are fortunate enough to, to have those facilities, but it's not just sports. I mean, our fine arts program, I mean, the facilities, the Centennial Auditorium is amazing. The fine arts and athletic center they did over at Challenge yep. is, I mean, what junior high kid gets a facility like that? Right. So, but you know, it's not just facilities though. I mean, the teaching is great, mm. but yeah, you, you have that sense of pride. People, I know you didn't live here when, when the field went in, but that was all paid for by private funds. Oh, wow. There yeah. is one anonymous donor that donated half the money. The rest of it came from private donations. Wow. People like you and me. Yeah. Well, they got it paid for within a year. Yeah. And so the pride that the people have in the football program helped facilitate that. Now that goes on to like, and I can only keep going back to schools, but the theater department that we have, the, the support that the theater uh, productions get. I mean, every time I live by the schools and whenever there's a production, that whole area is just full of cars. I mean, they get so much, just support from the community. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just the schools. You have, um, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the, um, Christy is going to kill me. Um, over on the dance studio, the art center. Oh, out, oh uh, Woodlawn. Woodlawn. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Woodlawn, the pr- productions that Woodlawn puts on, they mm-hmm. get great support. What I love about Sterling, and I'm not saying anything negative about Rock Falls, and I'm not saying anything negative about Dixon, because they have their own self-pride as well. Yeah. But the pride that people show towards the schools, towards the city, yeah. I know the riverfront's uh, you know, a, a, a source, it's source subject. Slowly getting there. But the pri- just today... Um, I just found out that uh, Sterling was awarded a $500 grant to uh, to help with the cleanup of the oh, Lawrence building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a huge step to start really get the ball rolling on the riverfront. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I know you get people complaining about the riverfront, but it's because of their pride of, of Sterling. Yeah, you know, good point. People drive, when you drive into Sterling, fortunately, we're not right off the interstate, you know? So when you drive into Sterling, when you're coming from the South, you see the Lawrence building, you see, um, national, building, na- yeah. the national mm-hmm. building and yeah, they're not in the best of shape yeah. and that's being nice. Yeah. So people that aren't from here, that's their first impression of, yeah. of Sterling. But when you get past that, yeah, I mean, the murals that Sterling does, yes. uh, the parks, park district, I mean, that I haven't even touched on the park district. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're so lucky to have the parks that we have. And again, that goes into the, the pride that the people have of Sterling. Yeah. I mean, more often than that, I don't hear a whole lot of negativity towards whether it be the school system or the city. I think everything... And that's part of the reason why I want to be involved is yeah. everything's moving forward and yeah. it's it's very pro, it, it's progressing where we need to be. And if you didn't have that sense of pride that a lot of people have in Sterling, I don't think it progresses the way that that we are or that mm. we have. Mm. And so that's what excites me about Sterling is the pride, the pride in the small business. I mean, you go into different communities. I, I, Sterling, I I swear, has per capita the mo the most small businesses yeah. out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. I I've said it multiple times myself is that I think that there are more entrepreneurial minded people here than just about any other community, and who who aren't just uh, they don't just have the aspiration to oh wouldn't it be cool to they have actually put in the sweat equity yes they, they put it on the line to say no we're gonna start something here. Right. Yeah. Right. And and again, that goes back to the pride. They have enough pride in their community. Yeah. And they believe in the com- their community so much that they're willing to stake it all, open up a small business, knowing that they've got the support mm. of, of the community. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. So th- th- to me, yeah, the, the pride is definitely... What, what excites me the most. Well, and I can tell too that, I mean, you share that pride. You have, you have that same heart for this area, that same concern and, and love for this area as well. And I think it shows through in the things that you've been involved in. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's been great talking to you today, Alan. I really appreciate your time. If, if people want to get in touch with you and get connected with you, maybe with some of the projects you have coming up, how, how would be the best way for them to get connected with you or with Rotary? I've got all kinds of different ways that I had to write them down. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So if you want to um, check out our Facebook page, uh, it's Twin City Sunrise Rotary dash Sterling, Illinois. Mm. Um, I do help help out with that Facebook page. We also have a public image chair. Uh, we do try to keep people up to date yeah. as to what our what we do and the different community projects that, that we have going on. And just we're really big on celebrating our wins, yeah. just like everybody else should. And we're not about self-promotion, but people don't know about it if yeah, you don't tell yeah, them. You gotta it. talk about it. Yeah. So so that's our Facebook page. Uh, we also have an email address. It's just all one word, twin city sunrise rotary at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All the board has access to that. And so if I don't get to it, somebody will get to it. Yeah. Um if it's it can be rotary related or Anything else related, if you got questions about the youth committee, uh, my email is C-U-S-A-A-L-L-E-N-P at gmail.com. And just like everybody else, I always have my phone on me. So you can always email me. Uh, You're welcome. I'll take your phone calls. If you want to give me a call, my my phone number is 815 
718-3863. If I don't answer, please leave a voicemail because I will get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it is really exciting. What, what is, um, what's maybe the next step in this youth committee? Um, project you're working on, or maybe is there a different project you want people to know about? So with the youth committee, our next step, like I said, we Angie's just sending out an email today to who will be our nine committee members. Yeah. Um, I really didn't go into, de- I'll, I'll very quickly, yeah. I'll go into detail Absolutely. on it. Um, it's not just a Sterling Township thing. Mm. Um, we have decided to involve, of course, the township, the school district, and the city to mm. try to get a partnership going because we're all in this together. Yeah. And so the committee that we formed are younger. I say younger, I'm 45. Um, but they're younger that have kids that are engaged in school right now Yeah, and have a vested interest in to what happens to the children. Yeah. And so we're not just picking people off of prominent boards or companies. Hey, come be on our committee. Yeah. We want people again, that have that vested interest. Yeah. And so uh, we've gotten somebody from SOC, from the ROE, mm. uh, the city, the township, the school district. The school dis- district is 100% on board for this. Yeah. Um, I think we're just getting the right people involved to hopefully put out a good product. Yeah. Um, but um, so the next step is we'll probably meet at some point next next month, June, and then probably things will slow down a little bit until school starts. Um, mm. In talking with Tad Everett, uh, sorry, Dr. Tad Everett, um, they are going to do a survey at the school okay. to kind of help facilitate for us what they want to see, what the children want to mm, see. Yeah, actually hearing from the students. Wow. Exactly. And so that would probably be the next step after that. Um, I know the building, uh, whatever we do, will be at the new building uh, mm-hmm. on East, Liv- East Lynn, no, just Lynn Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, the old fun jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the program will be. And so our goal is once the building is done, hopefully in January, that's when the program will start. Yeah. Um, it's all, you know, how construction goes. So yep. it's yep, just yep. all contingent on that. But, um, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. So, uh, that's, kind of what my focus is on. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's exciting. It sounds like, you know, we're, we're in the beginning stages of something where the, you know, the sky's the limit, um, but it, it, it seems like uh, an exciting new venture um, that all of us are going to be able to benefit from seeing what comes in the near future with uh, a focus on, on providing for what is our whole community's future, which is the kids and the youth. Exactly. And that, that's incredible. But man, I just so appreciate your time today. Alan. Thanks, thanks, for, for, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time on the Sock Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home.